Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. You're listening to Q Talk Radio. Welcome to the transition of Queer Talk into Q Talk Radio. I'm your host, Xavier Mejia. For more information on our radio station, please visit QTalkRadio.com. And we are excited to be able to share with you that you can now download our app for both Android and Apple, uh, just visit QTalkRadio.com and the uh, downloads are available there. On today's episode, we're discussing the power of writing with Daniel P. Lopez. But first, let's listen to some music. Oh, 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 oh. 
Well, good morning. You're listening to Los Aires and my my bed de la voz de oro, Magali. For more information on Magali, you can visit our website under the blog section. We have also uploaded her latest YouTube video. Um, so check that out. We are live today with Daniel P. Lopez. Uh, Daniel is an author and let me read this to you because I think this is quite fascinating. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to discuss the power of writing, and Daniel says that um, a loner for the most part. Daniel tells us that writing became an escape from a lonely reality while in school. During our episode, Daniel is going to share the, how writing changed his own experience and how doing so led to the publishing of his own books, poetry, and songs. For more information on this episode and Daniel, you can visit QTalkRadio.com or visit DanielPLopez.com. Please help me welcome Daniel P. Lopez. Good morning, Daniel. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, can you please share with our listeners a little bit about your upbringing? Where did you grow up and what was that like for you? Well, I grew up in, I was born in Orange County, and then I moved to Riverside as a teenager, and then eventually I moved to L.A. And um, growing up, I, as I look back at my youth, a lot of it, I tend to look back on the the downside, like the bad things, the tragic things. But even though I overcame these things, I tend to dwell on those times for some reason when I look back at my youth. Um, I'm 39. I'm the author of six published books, and yeah. <laughs> You were discussing um, that growing up, you moved from one location to another, and that um, looking back, that sometimes you you think about the hard times, maybe even dark times in your life. Share with us a little bit about what that was. What were those dark times? I know you you speak about having felt lonely, particularly when you were younger. Can you share with us what that what was that like for you? Yeah, well, since I was a little kid, I was I always felt like the outcast. I think a lot of it had to do with being gay. And um it was just rough times for me for thinking that way and being hidden as as a gay person as, as that at that time. And it it just it was a a lot of bad experiences for me during that time for being gay in how the closet. Old, how old were you when you started realizing that you were gay and then was that the language you were using then? No, actually, even though I was always attracted to 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 men or boys, whatever, um, it was it wasn't something that I accepted. I never I never told myself that I was gay as a teenager, even even though later on I I admitted that I was bisexual at that time, and then eventually I came out as being gay, like a lot of teenagers and gay kids go to that. So so. Being gay was the reason you were feeling lonely, where you're being um, targeted by other students. What was that experience like for you? There were times where I was bullied as a teenager for not for being gay. I don't think it was just for being different, like a loner, the outcast, and not having friends. But a lot of it had to do with being gay. But um, yeah, I think yeah. <laughs> and what was home life? like for you 
Well, I have a an older brother and a younger sister, and I wasn't close to my brother that as much as we should have been. He was more like the popular and the the opposite of what I was, so we weren't on the same page, you could say. And then my sister's like six and a half years younger than me, so I felt I was the middle child, so I kind of felt like like the middle child, like not knowing not knowing which way to go. <laughs> so yeah. And what was your relationship like with your parents? I was close. I'm close to my mother, and you know I love my parents, but I wasn't very close to my father. It was a lot of um, I felt just neglect on his part, even though I you know I love my father and I always did and still do, but there is a lot of that. Yeah. Share with us um, how does somebody that is going through school at such a young age and experiencing the sense of loneliness. How does somebody of that age uh, escape, or how do you go through life? What what were your sort of outlets? For me, I when I was younger, I used to want to be an actor, and that's what kind of got me into. That's what got me into writing was I wanted to create, write a screenplay, and be in a movie and star in it and all that stuff. So that's that was my escape was writing. That's how I started, yeah. What were some of those first things that you you wrote about? Well, I was always into the, the horror movies since I was a little kid, and I remember I wanted to be in a horror movie. So I that's that was my first story, The Vendetta House, which is a horror-type book, and that's what got me started, yeah. And as a kid, did you also write poems then? No, I didn't. I started when I was about 20, my first, I wrote my first song and poem when I was 20, so it was kind of later, yeah. Who were your, your mentors or your role models, or who did you look up to when you were a kid? Well, like I said earlier, um, I was deeply into the horror movies, so I think the horror villains were my heroes. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, and then um, later on, you know, I, I looked up to people like Selena and James Dean and, you know, Cliff Burton and people like that, yeah. And you're, and you're touching on music, and I know that you also have written songs. Did that, that, did that start at a young age also, or did that sort of start happening later in life? Yeah, it happened later in life. When I was going through a lot of dark issues when in my early 20s, I just started writing a lot of poems and songs. And even like like I wanted to be an actor back in the day, I also dreamed of being in a in a band, a singer in a band, and that's what influenced me too, a lot of my poems and songs. So take us through high school. What was high school like for you? Well, high school, I mean, yeah, I had some good moments in high school, but I think there was also a lot of tragedies, not tragedies, but just sadness and loneliness because I didn't have a lot of friends. And the friends I did have just kind of came and went and, there was there was a big impact in my high school life that kind of affected how I lived in my high school years. Is that something you want to share? It was just something that related to being gay and something that happened with a friend that, you know, rumors and someone tells someone and goes from there and it just kind of affected me in a negative way. Oh, so, so, you know, just high school talks that just is tough enough as it is for any high school. Yeah, person, especially but. back then in the <laughs> mid-90s, it was a rough time, but I overcame it, so, yeah. Uh, would you say that, you know, you spoke about 
coming out as bisexual at some point, um, maybe even first. Uh, was did that happen during high school? Yeah, it was. It was in high school. I, I finally admitted to myself that I was, I that I was bisexual, even though I knew I was gay, and later out came out came out as being gay. Um, what was that like for you? How did you explore? Not explore. How did you express your your new sense of self or new identity as uh, as a gay person? Well, in my last year in high school, I I met a friend and we. We were we developed a relationship, so I think that really opened up my my eyes to who I was, and that had a lot to do with it. Yeah. You know, I also came out when I was in high school. I came out my freshman year, and we were talking about this before we went on live that we're the same age. Yeah. Um, I can't help but think about what that time was like for you. Uh, did you go out? I mean, I I kind of did the. the I snuck out of my house. I went to, um, you know, circus at some point, arena, que pasa papi, canal, I mean, you name it. Oh. Was, was that anything? Did you do any of that? Or were you oh, no, no. <laughs> I was like very, um, I was the loner, the outcast. I didn't have friends. I didn't have those opportunities. I didn't even know of gay clubs back then. So, you know, I didn't do any of that. I didn't even go to any high school parties or anything. I was, just home writing and by myself, pretty much. So what was your introduction to the gay community then? It was when I was actually 24. I came out late, and um, a lot of it had to do with my dark times. And, you know, it was just after watching the, the show. I don't know if you guys remember the show Queer as Folk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, when I first saw the first episode, I think it was December 2000, it just really touched me and opened up my eyes to who I was and what I wanted to be and live, you know, the good life, the the parties, the friends, the sex and all that stuff. So that's kind of what triggered me to come out to, not just come out, but just come out to LA and explore those things. Was that a bit liberating was, or what was that time like for you? Oh yeah. Well, actually it was still a rough time for me, but you know, I, w- I started to live life th- that I didn't live in my early twenties. You know, I was, just home and dwelling on the past and dwelling on things circling through my head and it was just rough times that I was trying to find my way through out out through. <laughs> yeah. And did the people you look up to change um then or, or were they still the same folks? You know, like Selena or or did, you know, the people that started to influence your life change once you were twenty four and you moved to LA and you came out? Yeah. Well, there were just people that I looked up to, you know, for the music or the movies or just being a role model for for people that I felt con- a connection to. And it, it was more of that sense. And yeah. So take us through that. The first moments of, you know, these first moments where you decide I'm going to publish a book. How did that happen? Mm. <laughs> Well, you know, I started writing when I was 16, my first story, and um, since then I had the dream of always having my book published and being made into a movie and me being in it, and it wasn't until I was about 29 in 2005 when I finally published my first book, and it was through a company called Author House, a self-publishing company, and that's how I, I, online, I found out about them, and that's how I published um, I know that you have a YouTube channel. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to do some of my homework here. I listened and watched <laughs> some of it. Um, so I also learned that at some point you wrote for Adelante magazine. Yeah, I freelanced for Adelante. Did a few articles and some of my um, reviews of my books have been in there and stuff like that. How did that happen? We met the the owner um, Al Baristeros. He's he's the owner of Adelante magazine and he um he we met him through a mutual friend and we just started talking and you know next thing you know I was writing for them. <laughs> and uh, do you still write for them from time to time or? I haven't done recently. Just have my book. I just had my book reviews in there and that was about it. Yeah. Um. Well, I I want to share with the listeners that if they're just tuning in that we are having a discussion with Daniel P. Lopez. And for more information on Daniel P. Lopez, you can go to uh, danielplopez.com. You can also visit qtalkradio.com. Um, one of the things I was reading on your, on your site is that aside from writing, you also love you know, movies, and that's sort of what you were talking about that really inspired your decision to write was uh, writing something that you see yourself or saw yourself starring in. Um, and you have several books now. I, I read some of the synopses of these books and and also reviews from other people. And it seems that um, although some of them have uh, some dark moments, that there's also humor in the in the in the uh, writing so share with us what how do you combine those things and and where do you get your sense of humor well honestly i don't really look at myself as being a comedic type person i don't even really watch like comedy movies even though some people have said i'm funny but i i always grew up watching horror movies and dramatic movies and suspense and thrillers and stuff like that and um you know i'm a writer of, of versatility all my stories, all my books are different from each other. You know, horror, drama, suspense, and thrillers, and just, I like to be versatile in many different things and ways, and my books are very versatile, too. Um, I want to get into the portion where we're discussing your books. I know that you have six books that you share online, and um, I was First, looking at some of the images, and when I was looking at the images, there's definitely this, uh, you know, sort of scary movie feel to them, you know. Um, but it also takes me back to a time that is a little, um, it reminds me of growing up in the 80s, sort of just the style. Is that on purpose, or, or how do you get your the covers for your books? Well, I always came up with the ideas of what I wanted for my my books, you know, I, I go online and look at stock images and, you know, you get the pictures and I have a friend who's a, who's a editor and producer named John Price who's helped me with those things, putting, putting them together, the book covers and stuff like that. But they've always been my, my ideas and my visions. Yeah. Can you take us a little bit through the trajectory of your, of your books? Um, can you tell us a little bit about Miles? Yeah, the, the story of Miles. That was my my third story that I came up with, but it's my second published book. It's basically about a, a boy named Miles who's growing up with an alcoholic, abusive father, and you know he's a loner. And a lot of it is kind of kind of like myself, my inner self of who I was, 
made into a fictional character. And then, you know, he, it talks about bisexuality and being confused and alone and pure um, being just things with teenagers, what they deal with and troubles at home with parents or friends and, you know, meeting their first girlfriend and boyfriend and just things like even thoughts, um, talks, um, topics of suicide and stuff like that. I was reading that basically it's a, it's a coming of age story um, of sorts. Right. And basically I, I, you, you have these young characters. Um, Why, why was it important for you to, to write about young experiences? Um, Is there, you, you were talking about, your your personal experience and and how some of that is um, featured in, in these stories, but I'm interested in, in kind of understanding as a as an author, how do you decide what what stays and and how how to depict the um, the stories of of young people? Okay. Well, like I said, I was 16 when I started writing my stories, so most of my stories that I have been published were written as me as a teenager. That's why a lot of my characters are teenagers or young adults and it was just me at that time and that's how it came to be you know and as you as you published your own your own material um how do you get the word out that you know you've written something and hey this is how you find it and how do you how do you draw an audience to you well, I'm still, I've self-published my books and, you know, through my website and the company I published with and YouTube and social media, just all those things, word of mouth and going on, trying to be in magazines and interviews, doing book book signings, stuff like that. That's what helps promote. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not a well-known author like Stephen King or Dean Coons or Anne Rice, you know, like writers I grew up reading and admiring, but I someday I hope so to be that. <laughs> I think that it's great that there that there are books out there that young people can, you know, put their hands on and say, oh, I can relate to this story, and mm-hmm. that it's not this very conventional, uh, you know, story of a teenager. You know, sometimes it's this very much this very straight male with a straight female. You have it. The, the football player with a cheerleader story time and time again and you write um, about these experiences that I, I, I think that uh, LGBT young folks can relate to um, and so I'm interested in hearing from you what has the reception been like what, what do people say when they read your book well my first two stories that I wrote were The Vendetta House and Lost in a Journey. And I didn't write about gay characters back then because I wasn't out back then. And I wanted a, I wanted my friends and family to read it at that time. And so I, if I wasn't out, I wasn't going to put gay, gay characters. Mm-hmm. But after that, I started in, incorporating my gay characters. And most of my stories do have gay, gay characters. And, you know, I just think that the the feedback has been positive. You know, um, I I... I reach out to the gay and lesbian community, but also to everyone. I want everyone to read my books. Share with us what it's like today for uh, Daniel. My life is going good compared to who I was 
like I said, in my early 20s, um, I, I'm a much better person, much happier and healthier. And I just feel that I'm at, at a much better place right now in my life. And has writing been uh, one of the reasons that, that you feel like you're in a much better place? Oh, yes. Writing has always been like therapy for me. And it's helped me cope with things and issues and just being writing just really helped with a lot of things yes um where is there anything coming up that we should know about or yes actually i i'm working on a a series of memoirs chapters of my life and i'm going to publish the first one this summer so that's going to be not my first non-fiction work and i'm also working on another story called pals and um I'm looking forward to publishing that one probably next year, yeah. So the the inspiration to your writing started with, at My, some point, your inspiration for your writing started at some point with the idea that uh, you would get to star in, in some film. Um, any news about seeing Johnny on the big screen? <laughs> well, I, me and my friends did a small independent film called The Traspassers, and that was my first little role in acting, and... You know, I I think at this time in my age, I'd rather just focus on writing, and I would love to direct and produce, but be in the acting field, no. <laughs> Not at this time in my life. <laughs> uh, one of the things we haven't discussed yet is your songwriting. Uh, what is songwriting like for you? Is it any different than, you know, writing a poem or a book? Um, it's one of those things I have no experience with. So I'm curious to know from you, um, how did that start? Well, like I said before, I, I used to dream of not only acting, but also being a singer in a band and a rock band. And, you know, it, those that was what influenced me to start writing songs. And I wanted to write songs that related with me and the topics that topics that I wanted to express and stuff like that that's what started me and my new book Pals actually is about a four four Chicano kids who are in a band called the Orange Grove and um it's it's their journey and their lives in the band and that's me living my fantasy life <laughs> and do you sing <laughs> Honestly, I'm not a really good singer. I mean, I love to sing, even though I'm not a good singer. But yeah, I mean, I'm just an average singer. That's why I never really pursued it. <laughs> and I know you you spoke about taking on a new career path. Can you share with us a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm actually gonna start working part time doing HIV testing and counseling for everyone, and I'm looking forward to that. And I'll still be writing and publishing and. So yeah. <laughs> and what is what is your um, relationship with your brother today? I mean, I love my brother. I'm sure he loves me. We're still not close as we should be, you know. Um, but you know, we we still have respect for each other and love each other. But we're just not still on the same page. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how is life different now that you've lived in LA for uh, the last year? Yeah. Living in LA has been good. I have a lot of good memories here and experiences and friends now. And tell me about Lee's going to a gay club. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I finally went to my first gay club when I was 24. It was Rage in oh, West yeah. Hollywood, and it was an amazing experience. And from then I turned into the party boy. <laughs> 
So yeah, now I'm trying to tone down. <laughs> and so for all the all the um, you know all the single folks who want to know a little bit about your love life, are you single? Um, are you? I'm in I'm in a relationship. I have a partner. His name is Art, and we've been together for many many years now. Yeah. Um. I could I, I could share with folks that I, I we were talking about this earlier that I saw you vacationing and that looked like because we're having a great time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now we travel a lot. We go to places in Mexico and just we around America and just yeah, just living the good life, trying to. <laughs> What would you like to share with uh, young people today who are potentially, um, you know, experiencing some of the same experiences you had when you were younger? What would be maybe, you know, uh, words for them? Yeah, I would just say that, you know, sometimes life is hard and you'll always you'll be alone sometimes, but you have to live your life for you, not for other people. And regardless of if you're gay or straight or whatever you're going through, you have to try to overcome those things and, you know, just, like I said, live life for yourself and be a better person, the best person you can be and just hold your head up and move forward. Um, as, as you were saying that, I was, I was wondering, is that the same thing you would, you would tell little Daniel if you could go back? <laughs> Yo, I would tell him a lot of things. <laughs> that would be one of them, yes, but yes, I would tell him that, yes. Um, I know you and I met through Agustin, uh, who is one of the creators of Page One. Yeah. Um, are, have you worked with him? Yeah, actually, I I've written two articles for um for Page One for Augustine, and one of them was based on my DNA and test, and another was for um for the end of the end of circus and arena to nightclubs in Hollywood that finally closed down after many years. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, right. uh, yeah. My uh my husband and I we sometimes would joke. Oh here here it goes again. There's a closest but they finally they finally closed after forty something years. Yeah, I mean uh, it just—it's mind-boggling that it's gone. Yeah, I had a—I had a lot of good memories there. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I—I—I I, I, I sometimes would think about uh, just what life would have been like if those venues weren't there. You know, there was such a, an outlet for for me and so many. So many yeah. Good memories, positive memories, and dancing and clubbing and drinking and the friends I met there and people I've met and hooked up with, <laughs> just all those things, you know, I'm not going to lie, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, it gives people an opportunity to live out loud. Basically. Yeah. Um, and so you, you said you also wrote about your DNA. Mm -hmm. um, can you share with us what that was about? Yeah, I a lot of people now are especially celebrities. You see them doing a, the DNA test to determine what's in their genes, where their ancestors came from, and stuff like that. So I I did that too, and I, I'm Mexican American, and um, you know, I wanted to explore further than that and see where my ancestors came from and what's in my DNA. And it was mostly you know indigenous Indian from America and Mexico, and some Spaniard and. A little bit of everything else, you know, but the highest percentage was the Indian, indigenous Indian and Spaniard. I did, I did it also. Oh, really? Yeah, it was, it was quite fascinating because um, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. And 
Yeah, it was quite fascinating. I, I want my parents to do it as well. Yeah. But it's also connected me to a lot of family that I didn't know I had here. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, so. But I wouldn't say it changes who you are. It just kind of opens up what's, what's, where your ancestors came from, what's in your DNA, you know, but I'm still Mexican-American and consider myself that. Right. Yeah. Has that uh, played out in your book? I know you spoke about the, the Chicano band. Mm-hmm. Um, I, one of your videos I saw <laughs> on, oh, God. on YouTube, you're dancing. For me, it's always been a good thing. You know, I when I I'm very proud of what I am, and you know, I would I always wanted to be a role model to people and just you know make people think that we're we're not all what the bad things that people think we are. You know, we're good people too, and I wanted to reflect that. And you know, I I I love rocking Espanol, and you know that that's gonna play out in my new my new story that I'm working on. Do you um, follow politics, or, or, or are you involved in, in any sort of social justice causes? I can I do watch a lot of news because of my partner, but um, I'm not. I'm kind of on the fence with politics. I'm I'm registered as a Democrat, but you know I'm not very political in that sense. But if you want to speak politics, let's. Speak. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, you know, I guess uh, I was just thinking about the whole notion that you know um, Donald Trump is really have something to say about Mexican. Mm. He hasn't necessarily said anything um, specifically using the terms Mexican-American. He's usually focusing on the idea of, of you know, what he calls illegal, right, undocumented yeah. um, immigrants. And, and so um, I think it's one of these tough moments where, uh, you know, being Chicano or Mexican-American, whether you're first generation or fourth generation, it's it, it, it's definitely one of these um, presidential elections where we have been on the forefront for, you know, to make points and, and to make sometimes some not so positive points. So I, I've seen people who traditionally haven't been political, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of step up and say some things. And even friends who have said things in support of Donald Trump that I, I it's, you know, mm-hmm. so I, um, I wonder. I was wondering a little bit about what that's been like for you. Well, I I don't really like Donald Trump because of things, not just things he said about Mexicans in general, but I just think he's a he's just not a good person. And my I rather vote for someone like Hillary or someone like that. Yeah. Um, who would you say are your influences today? And I mean today at thirty nine. I know you. Spoke about Selena earlier. You spoke about not necessarily being political, but you know, I, I'm I'm wondering what uh, what I would find inside your brain today. <laughs> what, what makes it tick? Well, there's <laughs> lots of things going on in my brain now. <laughs> but um, no, I think a person that I really admire or look up to now as a mentor would be my partner. Or he's really helped me a lot in many different ways and I owe a lot to him and I'm thankful for him for those things. So, yeah. Oh, you're going to get me too. <laughs> <laughs> it always happens. Yeah. Um, well, I, I want to thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining me today. Thank you, Xavier. It's, it's been, um, um, 
you know, I've heard your name a few times in, in the last few years, and when we finally met, I thought, okay, what an opportunity uh, strikes, let's make this happen, so I'm glad that you were able to join me today. Well, thank um, you. Thank you very much. Any final words? Yeah, just go buy my books. <laughs> yeah, thank you, bye. Actually, before I close, I want to say, you know, that's, that's, that's an important part of this process. You know, um, we... And, and, you know, without getting political, um, I think we talk a lot about what we don't want to see on TV and what we do want to see on TV. And there are not enough uh, Latino roles in Hollywood and there's not enough, you know, uh, Latino representation. So I would say that to our listeners, uh, please uh, take a moment to really think about supporting local um, authors just like local artists and and we have had other guests and i try to make sure to bring that to the surface that you know um, part of the reason we don't always see ourselves represented is because um it also takes money to live you know so if we want to see our, our artists thrive we need to support them so um not just uh today but tomorrow and please visit uh, danielplopez.com to obtain more information about Daniel's uh, books and you can also check him out on our website at qtalkradio.com and you can download this episode for a further day thank you have a good day